Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. And welcome to Geek Town. I'm David Geek Town, and this week I'll be talking to Emmy-winning composer Sean Callahy. Sean has been nominated for his 13th Emmy Award, this time for Outstanding Original Main Title Theme Music for Sky Living's Elementary. He's also the man behind the music for Channel 4's Brilliant Homeland, Sky Living's Bones, and the smash hit US drama 24. As ever, if you want any more information on any upcoming TV shows in the UK, come and check out the UK Airdates page on geektown.co.uk. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Hi Sean, it's uh, Dave from Geektown. How are you? I'm fine, how are you? I'm doing great. Good, good. You were uh, in your studio in LA today. I, I take it. I, I, I am. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty warm day here. Uh, we haven't had a lot of sun on the west side for quite a while, so it's <laughs> nice to see some sun. Where are you at? I'm, I'm in, uh, I, I'm in the UK. I'm just outside Birmingham at the moment. It's, it's half past ten at night. <laughs> oh, my friend. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I hope I have not. Keeping you away from family? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm fine. I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad we moved it forward a few hours because it was set for about midnight at the moment <laughs> originally. So, I, I briefly, as a young person, I lived in England as a student exchange uh, uh, person. Oh, really? In, I lived in Croydon when I was fourteen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, now, here's the question. Every time I say that to someone from the UK, there's always that laugh. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, I suppose it's a kind of random place that, that I, I don't know, I, I suppose exchange students happen everywhere, so, so you know, I, to be fair, I'm, I mean, I, I'm up in Birmingham, so, so and Croydon's kind of more London-based, so, uh, you know, it's, it's not really, uh, it, it's not really nearby, but, uh, yeah. No, it's not, it's not. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I, I'm being unfair on Croydon, I don't really know Croydon that well, so. <laughs> well, no, there was always a joke, the, the, the joke was always when I said to someone, hey, I'm from, I'm from uh, you know, I lived in Croydon for about three, three and a half months. Uh, someone said, well, at least it wasn't Penge. And I, I don't know what that joke means, but, but that was, I always get said, that was always the ongoing joke. Well, at least it's not Penge. So I presume Penge was even worse. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, I guess it must be. I, I, I know of Penge, but I, I don't know either of them. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, anyway, I, I well, you thank enjoyed... you for calling. I appreciate it. No, no problem. I hope you enjoyed your time in Croydon. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I got the measles when I was there. To be honest with you, I, oh, I, no. I, 
I ended up getting the measles. I had had a shot when I was a baby, but I guess uh, one of the years that they did it, it was not a a valid uh, vaccine. And uh, at the age of 14, I, I ended up catching it over there. Oh, well, one of, one of the guys at work has just picked up um, chicken pox. He's like oh in his 30, uh, well, no, late 20s, 30s. And he, he's just picked up chicken pox from his daughter. So he's kind of been quarantined for about 10 days and then he's he's back in work but refuses to go out because his face is still covered in uh, scars. <laughs> so. That's really harsh. But did he, he never had it as a kid? It doesn't sound like it, no. That's very rare. So yeah, no, it is very rare. I, I had everything when I was a kid. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Well, I tried to anyway, but then I got it anyway. So yeah. Well, they have these chicken pox parties as well, don't they? Where they where they take one one kid gets chicken pox, they take all the kids with them, <laughs> you know, over to the place, and they make sure they all get it at the same time. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a pretty smart idea. <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, yes, we probably should so... talk about music. <laughs> Did you have you guys ever? I don't know if my I don't know if Elementary is airing over there yeah, yet. Is yeah, it? it is. Uh, we've we've had all the first season now. Um, oh, that's great. So yeah, yeah. Congratulations on the uh, on the Emmy nomination. Um, Thank you. It's a, it's a great show to be. I was I was a bit nervous when they announced they were doing Elementary because obviously we'd had Sherlock over here. Of course, and that was such a that was such a a, a wonderful uh, reboot, if you will. It was such a uh, it was such a wonderful it's a wonderful show. I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. I did not watch one when I knew I was going to work on Elementary. I was asked if I'd seen Sherlock, and I hadn't yet. Yeah. And um, and I made a decision not to watch it until after I'd worked on a few episodes of of Elementary on my own because I just I just didn't want to be accused of of um, being too close to something and you know I heard it was really great and I heard some music tracks from it and it was just wonderful and and I uh but I I I just to keep myself in a sort of detached frame of mind I decided to 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 not watch it and yeah. now I'm starting to watch a a little bit of it and it's it, I mean it's it's first absolutely first rate I mean, yeah first no rate it's, it's it's really a phenomenal show I mean the, the nice thing about elementary is it's it's such a different take um yes so you know, and it, it's. Uh, I mean, it, it's funny because the 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 two leads in both shows, um, Benedict Cumberbatch and and Johnny Lee Miller, are, are friends. They know each other. So uh, you know, and they were in a play over here. They were doing Frankenstein over here. Um, yeah, I remember that. And they were like, they were. Yeah, that was that's an extraordinary coincidence. Yeah. So and and that was around about the same time that they they sort of both been shooting. <laughs> they're both been shooting Sherlock and Elementary as well. So so that, that must have been kind of interesting. So. I think Johnny Lee Miller is such an extraordinary actor. I mean, I always, you know, I saw him back in, I think the first time I ever saw him was in Train Spotting. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was, you know, amazing back then. And then I, then I saw a little bit of this short-lived series, Eli Stone, and then he was a villain on Dexter. Yeah. And I had forgotten when I saw him on Dexter, like I, I didn't put together that he was the guy from Train Spotting. So I, I, I presumed he was American. Uh, um, So, and then, then they do the Holmes thing and his, uh, I'm just a fan of really great acting. I mean, I just, I, it's just, it's really something to, to behold. It's, it's just such great work. And, yeah. and and Lucy Liu too. They work great together. They're great together. Yeah. No. I, I, um, as I say, I was a little nervous when watching it, but I, I absolutely love it. I think it's a really, really good show. Well, wonderful. And uh, and yeah, you you're nominated for the title theme, aren't you? Yeah, I got nominated for the title theme. I had, um, you know, what had happened is, is I had. Um, I knew the director of the pilot, whose name is Michael Cuesta, right. 
And uh, Cresta had worked on Homeland for the first two years. Okay. And I did, you know, I do the I do the show Homeland. Yeah. And and um, he said, you know, I'm directing this pilot. And I said, what is? He goes, well, get this. He said, Sherlock Holmes in New York City modern day. I mean, that's all he said. I said, wow. I said, that's that's quite unique, you know. And uh, he said, yeah. He says, you know, I don't know what they're doing for the music, but would you be interested? If they needed a, a composer to to work on the pilot, because sometimes when they put together pilots, uh, it's happening less and less. But you know, a lot of times when they're putting together pilots, they put in music from other projects, from yeah. other things. Yeah. And then you have the difficult problem of having to rescore it in August. You know, and everyone's used to all this, you know, action scores with hundred piece orchestras. So they they sort of got smart and said, well, we might as well compose original music uh, in the front end of it. Well, before that had happened, I got a script. I, he sent me the script of the pilot, and I just thought the pilot was really, really extraordinary. It was really, really uh, fun. And I hadn't been hired to work on the show yet, but I I decided just to sort of fool around with some melody, you know, just, just an idea of what thematically might be, uh, and, and color-wise, what might be a, a neat tone for the series if I were to ever be asked, you know. And I worked on, like, this three-minute piece, um, which um, which I wrote, and then I, I kind of put aside, and then uh, and then you know late in the game, like late late April, I got a call, frantic call, saying, "Oh my God, we're you know we need some help with this elementary pilot." So I took a look at it, and um, I was delighted to find that the look and the tone of it kind of res- hope- resembled what I was hoping it would be. Yeah. And so I took the melodic elements I'd worked on and I started scoring the pilot with it and they, they were very jazzed by it. So that I ended up refining the theme further when they went to work on the graphics for the main title. But the long version of the theme, if anybody's interested, is, is on my website. It's on the homepage. It's a oh, cool. the three-minute exposition of the theme. The, the regular theme on TV is about 30 seconds tops. Yeah. And, uh, and that presented an enormous challenge in terms of getting the mood and the uh, flavor of the show, uh, sort of introduced, uh, in, you know, it's almost like a, a commercial. You have to be, yeah. it has to be very, very, very effective. Yeah. All the more effective in a very much smaller period of time. So yeah, you you sort of wrote that on on kind of spec for it, and then because uh, the, the uh, it's got such a great title sequence with the 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 sort of mousetrap sort of thing going on with it uh, with uh, the visuals. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, and it, so so you you not actually. And he seems to fit the music seems to fit so well. So you not actually seen any of that when you originally wrote it. No, I hadn't. I had, I just sort of I just sort of conjured up what I thought would be a very playful, you know, kind of baroque, yeah, a bit of classical, but with a little bit of modernness in it. You know, I, and then literally it wasn't even on spec because I didn't send it to him. I just yeah. I just decided to. I did it more for fun. Yeah, and and then. When we, when you know, and what happens in television shows, as you probably know, is um, you know the main titles often come together at the end. Yeah. You know, that when when the pilots been picked up, then they work on a main title. And I had gone to them. I said, "Look, I really like this kind of thematic idea." I said, "I really think this would be cool." And they said, "Well, give us two or three ideas of that of that theme." You know, and I had one that was much more contemplative and a little darker. I had one that was a that was even a little bit more edgier, um, but they kept coming back to sort of they 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 appreciated the sort of I don't know what the word they used when they said it. There was a sense of of of, of playful urgency about it, and yeah. they um, and they uh, 
they kept connecting with it. And then when they handed it to the visual effects people, they were like, God, this is really kind of fun. They were debating different kinds of approaches. And then I went back and forth with them a little bit on the uh, approach and what they were thinking of. So I did some modifications just to make it that Rube Goldberg kind of thing. It, it just sort of, it just sort of kind of connected from, from two different ends. Yeah. And uh, I don't know where they got their ideas for the, that wonderful imagery, but when I first started seeing the early cuts of it and I started modifying the main town, I said, this is really fun. This is really going to be kind of a cool thing. Yeah, no, it's it's a, this wonderful little playful kind of tune to it. I really like the theme to that. It's great. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, if you see, if you hear the long version, you'll, you'll hear it. It, it. it spreads out a little bit farther because I was thinking of, you know, because Holmes has... He has humor, and then he has intensity. There's yeah. a little bit of warmth. There's also some darkness. You know, it, it, I, I love that character. I mean, I read him as a kid, yeah. and uh, and he was really like a superhero. He was like, <laughs> you know, he was. He, his yeah. power was perception and deduction, but it was like, you know, yeah, it was, it was great stuff. You you started off as a pianist, didn't you? So uh, a pianist, yes, a classical pianist. Yeah. Um, do you, is that still your sort of go-to instrument when you start composing? You know, I would probably say yes. I mean, in terms of fooling around with things, I'll probably plunk around, uh, you know, plink around on the piano a bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't hold myself to it like everything I do will always be referenced from the piano. And and sometimes when I'm doing sound design and stuff, I'll sometimes do things that don't involve even playing anything or if I'm working with a live person. I, I play in a Dixieland jazz group a couple uh, once a week uh, awesome. with, with a bunch of, yeah, with a bunch of old guys. These retired guys, the... Uh, live on my street and their pianist died uh and um they needed so so i i, I piano is but the primary instrument so i'd say when i'm thinking of things uh i'll plunk around the piano but i was trying to explain this to someone the other day you know when you when you when when you read a script or when you when you're thinking about something or if you're being asked to do something or even the possibility of doing something the, you know a problem kind of ruminates around in your head whether you're working or not yeah. you know you're you know, and I, I'm not. There are some colleagues of mine who sort of lock themselves down and, you know, don't come out for three days. I mean, I I just go about my business, and then some days you're at the gym or you're walking past a a newsstand and you just hear something or see something or just something comes up, and um, you just try to pay attention. Yeah. And so, uh, so I would say that before I got the theme, I was sort of working on it in sort of a casual way in the background and then I'd come into the studio and I'd, I'd sort of plink around but I wouldn't try to hold too tightly too fast if that makes any sense yeah yeah, yeah. are you a musician do you know um, music kind of um I, I I have a piano sat next to me at the moment actually but I, I'm not particularly great with it um I I played trumpet for a very long time in uh I, and I used to play I used to play in a swing band and uh concert orchestra and that sort of stuff <clears throat> uh, that sounds like fun. Um, yeah, no, no, it's, uh, I, I really should get back into it, but I, I, yeah, I still have it, but uh, but I I haven't played for a while, so uh, so yeah. But it's um, no, it it is good fun. And I grew up in a house that had like you know my my brother's really my brother's one of those annoying people that you hand him an instrument and he knows how to play it within like five minutes. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, he's he's kind of more the musician out of the family, um, and he runs choirs and that sort of stuff. So. Oh wow! Okay, um, you know he's uh, he, he's far more than a musician than I am, but I I, I do enjoy playing things. Um, right yeah, on. So so yeah, it's good. So you, I mean, you're working on uh, well. Uh, there's 
uh, Homeland, which is what third season now. Bones, it's coming into season three, yeah. Yeah, uh, Bones, which is coming up for what season ten, something like that. Uh, season nine. Season, season nine, nine, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. is on season two. So uh, you're just. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to eighty percent less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. An awful lot of very big shows. Um, how, you fit, how do they all fit together? I mean... Well, uh, it's a great question. What's happening now... And I think it started to happen sort of near the end of 24, yeah. uh, when I was working on 24. And that was you were starting to see a, a year-round original programming, uh, year, a year-round original programming across television. Yeah. Um, there used to be a time when we were – I don't know how old you are, but when I was a kid, um, you know, your summers were sort of a, you know, a big-time repeat you know, for, for shows, and it is for some still, um, but a lot of times there's some new stuff that's launched and this and that. So as a result, you have some shows that uh, instead of having a 22-episode season, like, or in 24's case, it was a 24-episode season, now there's like 12 episodes. Yeah. And they start at different times of the year. So uh, as a matter of pragmatism, it's actually, um, you know, Homeland works because I, there, first of all, there's not a, there's not a tremendous amount of music. It's a, it's, it's, it's tremendous. It's very precise show. It's a very difficult show to sort of completely, um, it, it, it takes a lot of, a lot of time, but I do a lot of work on that in the summer. Right. And, and, uh, in terms of thematics and, and things of that nature, uh, with, lo- with older shows, I shouldn't say older, but with shows that I've known a bit longer, like Bones, it's almost like raising, uh, children. Yeah. Um, because the needs of a, a show that's been established are, you know, they're more predictable. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you still want it to be fresh in this net. And in the case of Bones, I do have two people who uh, who work on the show with me, and I give them appropriate credit in the show. Yeah. And, and I have that completely above board with the exec producers, and the collaborative part of it is a, is a big favorite thing of mine to do. Yeah. So... Uh, so it, it kind of it it does sometimes the schedule sometimes gets a little crazy, mm-hmm. but that's just um, that's just going to happen anyway. You know, it's uh, you just sort of uh, make it work. The one thing I I generally tend not to do is um, if I'm asked to work on something and then they want and then I'm asked to work on another thing if they're both starting at the same time, I would I I probably wouldn't do that um, right. because the needs first of all. If they're hiring you, they want you available, yeah. and 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 I want to be available. And so, if I'm not available to each client in exactly the way they need me, then then it, then it, then that becomes something I get on un- I get unhappy personally, and and obviously people would would get unhappy that way. So I I tend to avoid those kinds of things. I, I try to just manage as much as I can in advance, yeah. uh, you know. And you, I mean, you mentioned twenty four. There, you, you're going back into that as well. 
Um, yes, that's true. Uh, you, have you started rewatching old shows to get the feel of the music again, or are you okay <laughs> with that? Or? You know, it's really funny because it does re-air here. It's been re-airing right. uh, on some channels here, and uh, it is fascinating because that show was uh, that ran. It was a writer strike. It ran for eight seasons, but over the course of nine years. Yeah. And you know, the show really evolved from one season to the next in terms of tone, color, in terms of the story arc of, of uh, Jack Bauer and so forth. Yeah. And the music sort of did that as well. And um, I'm going to approach this new chapter exactly the same way. You know, it's going to be, I guess, a few years later, and I've gotten a little bit of a, of a wink at, at what they think the story is going to be, and it looks very exciting. And, um, and I think people are going to be reconnecting with the things that people loved about the series, but we're also going to sort of up it and evolve like any good story would. Yeah. Have you, have you started on, on any of that? I stopped you till what, April next year, I think. That's correct. Like... That's correct. No, I haven't. They haven't, they're not going to start filming until January. As a matter of fact, they were talking about filming abroad and I don't know what they're going to end up doing, but, but I'm going to, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do That'll begin at the beginning of 2014. Right. Yeah. And that'll be, that'll be very, it'll, it's funny, I, I have such fond memories of that show. I, I've been very lucky to have worked on shows that are so, um, uh, the, the, the crews have been so good. They've been such great crews. I mean, I made some lifelong friends on 24. Yeah. Um, I got to know Keith for a little bit and some of the other actors, and it's just, it's, it, you, it, it was a real, there's, there's no other word for it but blessing. It was a real blessing to to get on shows like that, and then Elementary is the same way. These are and, and Bones, and I mean, in Homeland, I mean, these are just first-rate people of character and talent. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you. Do, I, I was looking through the list of shows that you do, and and it's kind of every single one of, or you know, a, a whole set of my favorite, some of my favorite shows. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, well, I, I appreciate that. I'm glad you. I'm glad you've been a fan. No, I mean, I. That I, I say, I mean, uh, Kiefer's show uh, Touch, I, I quite liked. But one of the great things about that having got cancelled was the fact that we got Chad Bauer back. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I watched the pilot in a couple of episodes, but then I, you know, I don't have time to watch as much as I like. And it looked like a great show. And I guess they, uh, you know, when it moved on, yeah. they, they found a. They were always trying to figure out a way to bring Twenty Four back, and this seems like a really good way to do it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy because I mean they talked about a movie for for ages, and and then yeah, they never yeah. fit it in, and so yeah, no, I'm, I'm really happy to see the show back. It's, uh, it's, it's, so, it was just such a good show. So it's really interesting because as a movie, I mean, I could see the X Files how that went from a TV show to a movie because X Files had a more um, you know, each episode had a particular storyline, and, yeah. and it was it was really you know brilliantly executed. And Mark knows the composer was a very good friend of mine. He worked on the film and the TV shows. But um, you know, Twenty Four had this sort of long form narrative that's becoming you know incredibly more the norm. It's what's happening is there's this longer narrative, this longer form storytelling. It's like a new book. It's like it's like a it's like books. People, you know, in in, in a in a two hour movie, if Twenty Four was a two hour movie, you know. It just wouldn't. It would have been an interesting challenge. It would have been great, I'm yeah. sure. But the fact that it's returning in a more limited form, in it, but still retaining a bit of a longer, real time format, is, is I think a great fit. Yeah, I mean they're, they're, they're talking about keeping the keeping the this sort of same format, but it, it will be called 24, but it'll actually be 12 technically. Cause... Yeah, I think you know. Look, I mean, when you watch 24, there were times when you know Kiefer had to get in a car, yeah, and or, or he had to, you know he had to get in an airplane. 
and you know he had to be in the air for 45 minutes, and yeah. and and they they had to figure out story uh, to yeah. manifest and to and to and to run, and because you you can't have a you, you just can't show Kiefer Sutherland sitting on a in coach, uh, you know, reading an in-flight magazine for 40 minutes. I mean, it's just not going to work, you know. So, so they, so this way, I think what they're doing is they're going to, they're going to, they're going to, it's going to, I think it's going to be over the course of a single day, but it will be 12 specific hours. Yeah. So, yeah. And that, that could be really cool. Yeah. No, it, it's. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that coming back. I'm sure it'll As be a I, massive yeah. uh, success again. Oh yeah, that's totally the other thing I wanted to ask. Uh, uh, you you were doing some work with the Tenerife Film Orchestra and Choir, which rather surprised me because I was amazed that Tenerife had a film orchestra and choir. <laughs> so how, yes, well, how did you get involved with that? Well, you know, uh, Spain. You know, when Twenty Four was really uh, at, at its most popular, when it was really on the rise. Um, I was invited to a festival in Spain in a, a southern town called Ubeda, right. and it was near, I guess, a lot of olive oil fields or something. It was near um, Seville, yeah. and um, Brian Tyler, the composer, was was the um, was the sort of um, flagship. I don't know what the, the term was. He was sort of the the leader, or the ambassador of the festival that year, yeah. and. Um, I was invited along with John Frizzell and Don Davis and uh, and and some uh, Spanish composers and so forth. Yeah. And it was just this sort of amazing gathering of people who were fans of of music to uh, picture. Yeah. And so they were signing there were soundtracks and people wanted to ask me very intelligent questions. Anyway, one of the gentlemen there was a conductor and composer uh, from Tenerife named Diego Navarro. And right. Diego uh, was forming. Uh, he was going to form. There was an orchestra over there. And I was fascinated to learn that um, orchestra uh, orchestra jobs in many of Spanish uh, orchestras are government jobs. Really? Uh, I think so. I think that's what he was trying to tell me in, in his limited English. And so, yeah. so what he did is he, he wanted to allocate some of the funds um, for that orchestra to uh, to do a, a film music festival. Yeah. And so we became very good friends uh, with his wife Anna. And then he had a festival two years later, I guess in 2008. Yeah, and I was invited to come over along with Michael Dana, uh, who I became very good friends with. Yeah, and uh, Don Davis again, and it was just a, it was just an extraordinary island. It was a, I mean, they had that big pool in the center of town, <laughs> that volcanic lava pool or whatever. It's and, yeah, uh, no, the the, the island the, the island itself is is fascinating. It has these weird little microclimates, so you can go from the bottom of the island to the top of the island and go through about five different weather conditions. It's really strange. Yeah, it's like it's like our Hawaii. It's like Hawaii here. Yeah, yeah, I'm um, sure. There's snow. I, my wife and I went to Hawaii a few years ago, and we took a bike ride. And they pick you up at three in the morning, and you're in your shorts, and then you get to the top of the mountain, and it's and you're in winter gear, yeah. and it takes four hours to ride down the hill, and then by the time you're at sea level again, you're you're back in eighty degree weather. So it's it's quite quite amazing. Yeah. So that's uh, that that happened, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, no, that I, I, uh, it's a great place to do it as well. So, uh, is there any stuff out there at the moment which you, you know other shows that you look at and go, um, that's a show I really would have liked to to have scored? Or, you know, I would say when I hear really cool stuff, it's not like I wish I could score it. It's just I admire it. Yeah. You know, um, I, 
I'm a, a friends with a um, a composer named Dave Porter who does the score to Breaking Bad, <laughs> and uh, I quite like his music, and uh, and of course I like uh, Michael Giacchino's music to Lost and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. I was and, and I liked um, oh there was a I thought um, some of the songwriting in the movie, in the NBC show Smash was. Was really was that, really wonderful. I, I know that it's such a shame that I got canned. I, I'm I'm I love that show. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, I I just you know I mentioned three completely diverse kind of musical styles. It's just that when they're working and they work well, you get kind of um, you know, jazzes you up. You you get you know, I like it when you feel kind of inspired by it. You know, it you know when you hear really cool stuff, it's like cool. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there's uh, and there's there's so many decent shows out at the moment as well so yeah i've done three of of the sort of composer podcast interviews recently uh, uh trevor morris and eisler were the other two guys i've spoken to recently um uh, I, I like uh, trevor and i are very good friends yeah well you, you'd be the same sort of area i guess um the, you, he's, Say what? he's studios in santa monica isn't it so i, I guess you're yep. the same sort of yeah yeah, no, he's. Um, I I thought he mentioned uh, he mentioned he knew you, so because he was he was talking about Homeland. So we both enjoy cigars. <laughs> so what are you working on at the moment, and and what are you going towards next? I uh, just uh, I was working on some Homeland uh, right now, and uh, and Elementary is is beginning very shortly, so that's very exciting. Cool. Yeah, no, it's all it's all uh, you know you're either happy. Uh, Happy problems to have when when uh, when you have scheduling issues. You know what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah no, absolutely. But but thankfully it's uh, you know it's because the shows start at very different times uh, in the year. They are uh, it works out. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. Hopefully they're out of the way by ten twenty four comes back. Yes. Well, Homeland will not be in play when uh, when twenty four happens, and uh, Elementary will just nearly be near the end of its season. So I'll, I'll have a, a an open summer for that, which will be great. Cool. How do we get? All right, uh, we've been on for half an hour, so I should probably let you get back to your uh, your uh, homeland scoring. I will. I will look forward to uh, let, uh, send me a link to what you write. I'd love to read it. Yeah, no, of course I, I will do. And uh, where's your uh, where where do your Dixieland band play, by the way? You know, it, uh, do you know the song "Rock the Boat" from the seventies? You know that yes. "Rock the Boat, Don't Rock the Boat, Baby, Rock yeah, the yeah. Boat." The composer of that, uh, that 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 song was sung by the Hughes Corporation. But if you look up the song, it's written by a guy named Wally Holmes. Okay. And Wally Holmes is an 82-year-old guy who lives about a mile from where I live, okay. and uh, he has a grand piano. And every Tuesday morning, I go there with him, and he plays trumpet, and uh, and uh, clarinetist, and a bass player, and uh, guitar player, and me. And uh, we'll oh, sing. Awesome. I'll sing some standards, and it's a it's it, it is something I rarely have to it's something i rarely blow off uh, i can't uh, i i will defend it zealously no yeah that that sounds really awesome i i yeah I, uh, yeah i i wondered if you were out playing somewhere because uh you were you were just so you're doing it for sort of fun with friends really yeah we do there's a little place in venice here in town called the walking stick which we occasionally play at we're actually trying to play a little bit more regularly it's just very hard that becomes a hard thing to coordinate but yeah, uh yeah. But we're not. We're not bad. We're not. We were thinking of doing a podcast where, like, we would just turn the camera on and play, you know, every Tuesday, and everyone would just hear music. You oh, know, well, that would be brilliant. <laughs> I'll, really uh, if, that, that. if that happens, I'll let you know. Yeah, I know. Cool. Uh, well, lovely, very good to talk to you, my friend. Yeah, lovely to talk to you too. Um, take care. And uh, yeah, you take care, and good luck with the uh, Emmy 
uh, nomination. Thanks a lot, man. No problem. Cheers. See ya. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.